0: It's good to see so many uh, familiar faces, old friends. It's also good to see some some new faces, new friends. And I think that speaks of how God is working among us. It's both the old and the new. And uh, really exciting, a great privilege to be speaking to you. Andrew made reference to to food and to meat, uh, to brides quite a bit. And I can tell you as an African man, um, meat... Is fantastic. And um, being in Joburg is just brilliant for me because the steaks here are incredible. Uh, the Biltong is just so tasty. And seeing my old friend Charles Whitehead there just brings memory of Biltong. Um, so it's just great to be in this great city and to have the privilege to speak to you on this. A great theme of confidence in the church. I'll be speaking from Matthew's gospel. Matthew wrote to an audience that was predominantly Jewish Christ followers, and he, he presents Jesus as king of the Jews. Jesus is a descendant of the great King David. After his birth, we have these wise men coming from the east, and what do they ask? Where is the one born king of the Jews. Jesus is the ruler who will shepherd God's people Israel as prophesied by Micah. Uh, but clearly, Matthew saw beyond the Jewish people. He had a worldwide view of the rulership of this king. And so he ends his account by recording the Great Commission. Jesus said, all authority in heaven And on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and do what? Make disciples of all nations. Those words could only come from a king who is ruling over all creation. That's Jesus. And I just want us to hold that view of kingship through this session as we look at confidence in the church. Let's read Matthew 16 verses 13 to 20. Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The word church, as used by Jesus here, is derived from the Greek ecclesia which means the called out or assembly. The church that Jesus is referencing as his church is the universal assembly of people who have been called out of the world by the gospel. Now, before Jesus had this remarkable conversation with his disciples, he had told them to be on their guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, meaning their teaching. And we've just had a really helpful Input there, powerful input on teaching the word of God, and we know that the teaching of the Pharisees was contrary to the teaching of Jesus. It it undermined his authority. In order for the disciples to really know who Jesus was, they would need to lay aside what they would have heard from the Pharisees. And I I encourage us, brothers and sisters, let's lay aside any Pharisaical stuff that would prevent us from hearing clearly from Jesus. This passage was a significant turning point because it was from this time on that Jesus began to speak to his disciples about his death and his resurrection. Now this, this passage is about the universal church. We can receive it by faith for advance here in Africa in the UK, in the US global, because we are part of the great bride of Jesus globally, the universal church. And because the universal church only finds meaningful expression in local churches, we can receive these words by faith for every local church that's represented here. And I want us to focus on five reasons why we can be confident in the church. Reason number one, we can be confident because the church is built on Jesus. Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus, what was Jesus's response? On this rock, I will build my church. Now, is Peter the rock? Yes, to some degree, he becomes the the dynamic, fearless leader of the 12 apostles that the church was literally built on. But the bigger rock, dear friends, is Jesus himself. The bigger rock is Christ, the son of the living God. The church is built on the anointed one of God. It is built on the king of kings. It is built on the third person of the Trinity. It is built on God himself. It is built on the creator of the universe and the one in whom everything holds together. There is no stronger foundation anywhere in the universe than Christ, the son of the living God. Experts such as architects, contractors, engineers uh, will tell you that the, the foundation is the most important part of any building project. Our foundation as the church could not be any stronger. Isaiah 28.16 foretells that Jesus will be a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. Ephesians 2.20 says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone in the foundation of God's household, the church. In ancient buildings, the, the cornerstone was the main stone placed at the corner of the structure. And all the other foundation stones would be laid in line with the cornerstone. Where the cornerstone was set, affected where every other foundation stone would find its place. And and the cornerstone carried the weight of the building. Dear friends, the weight of the church is on Jesus. The weight of every local church here, South Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, U.S., Madagascar, wherever it is, it's on Jesus. Jesus. And that gives us confidence. When it seems that things are too difficult, remember who is holding you up. When the storms come, remember that our foundation cannot be shaken. And when things are going great, praise God, remember it's because Jesus is the foundation. Point number two, we can be confident because Jesus is building his church. Jesus said, I will build My church. Now, we we certainly have a role to play in building. Uh, Writing to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, Paul says he was an expert foundation builder. And he says that someone else built on that foundation. And that each one should be careful how they build. We get to build for Jesus. We get to build with Jesus. I mean, that is mind-blowing. It's amazing. But... The chief builder is Jesus himself. The most important building that is taking place in the church is done by Jesus himself. And he oversees all other building projects. Jesus, chief builder. Jesus is not only the foundation, but he's also in charge of everything that is built on the foundation. If our building what we do is of greater consequence than what Jesus is doing, then there's a problem. If it depends more on me or on you, than it depends on Jesus, we're in serious trouble. Psalm 127 verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain, but praise God that he has committed to lead this adventure of building his church. What a powerful source of confidence for us. As a family, we are, we are preparing to start building a house in, in Dar es Salaam. And it's been a, a faith-building experience so far. Um, we've chipped in on you know, what the house should look like, where it should be. Uh, we've asked questions about the foundation, and we've been told that is really important Uh, But, you know, we are so relieved that the experts are doing the real work. It's like, okay, Trudy Shashi, get a shovel and build. No, we're going to leave it to the experts. And more than that, we are saying, God, please, will you build this house for us? What a relief that Jesus is building his church. And this truth that Jesus is building his church keeps us from being driven. You know, we can plant, we can water, but only he can bring the growth. It also keeps us very, very motivated because we have the best builder spurring us on. The champion builder. He's the one saying, hey, come on, guys, let's keep going. We're not driven, but man, we're so motivated. Point number three, we can be confident because the church belongs to Jesus. Jesus said, My church. The church belongs to him. It is his people. It is his family. It is his body. It is his bride. It is his assembly. It's his living stones. It's all his. The church belongs to the highest authority in the entire universe. No one, nothing has the power. To take over the church because the church is in the hands of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. It's His. And this gives us great confidence. It also keeps us from being authoritarian because we don't come over the church and say, hey, listen, I'm ruling over this as my church. No, it's His church. Where we have delegated authority. This also keeps us as good stewards. We do have authority and we do have ownership. I mean, you're my brother, you're my sister. Malcolm spoke of father, son. We, we belong to each other in such an intimate way. And it's fine for us to say that is my flock under Jesus. There is that sense of ownership, that godly sense of ownership. But we do understand that we are stewards There is a greater shepherd over the church. He has made us under shepherds who will be held to account. Great confidence for us. Fourthly, we can be confident because Jesus has promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. He said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, in in ancient times, cities were, were surrounded by walls. And entry into the city and exit from the city was through the gates. And the gates of the city were a place of authority. So, for example, Boaz sat with the elders at the gates of Bethlehem, place of authority. He was a, a man of stature in that community. The husband of the wife of noble character in Proverbs 31. He sat with the elders at the city gate. Respected man. So, so the gates were this place of authority. This place of in and out. So one way of understanding what, what Jesus is saying here. When he says that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. He is saying that the, the authority of hell... Will not prevail against his church. The collective wisdom. The collective decision making of hell. Will not prevail against the church. Brothers and sisters we are in a war. And there is no demilitarized zone. The armor of God is needed daily. Some battles are lost. But this is a war that our commander in chief is firmly in control of. And he has given us a great promise. Hell will not prevail against his church. And this promise is both a defensive promise as well as an offensive promise. As we defend ourselves against the gates of hell, they will not prevail against us. We heard this morning uh, from PJ, from James, resist the devil. And what does it promise? And he will flee from you. As you have submitted yourself to God. Resist. He will flee from you. Also as we wage war against the gates of hell. They will not prevail against us. The church must be offensive. Dear friends. If we are not offensive. Why do we call ourselves advanced? <laughs> Come on. We are an offensive people. Jesus was not on the defensive when he left heaven. That was an offensive move. It was a missional move. And then he comes and he says, you go and make disciples of all nations. We are by nature an offensive people. We are on the attack. We defend and we attack. And we go on the offensive by, by making disciples. By planting churches. By strengthening churches. By, by showing love. Weapons of love through prayer, through, through sacrificial living, sacrifice of, of leaving friends and, and family and heritage here to move to America. That We're going on the offensive again. We're on the offensive by healing the sick, by proclaiming the word, by the power of the spirit. In Joshua chapter 6, Joshua gives the Command to march around the, the walls of Jericho. And do you know what word he uses there? Verse 7, I think it is. Advance. Advance. Go round with the Ark of the Covenant. Advance. As we advance against the gates of hell, they shall not prevail against us. That's the promise that gives us Confidence. And finally, dear friends, we can be confident because the church has been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, as Matthew calls it, is the the main theme of Jesus. He teaches more about the kingdom than any other topic. And The Greek word for kingdom is the word basileia, which means sovereignty. It means uh, royal power. It means dominion. It means kingly authority. It means God's reign. It's not a country or a place. It's the activity of ruling. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus by announcing, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And when Jesus began his ministry, his words were, Almost identical to John's. Mark records them for us in in chapter 1. The kingdom of God is near, Jesus said. Repent and believe the good news. In Matthew 4, 23, we we read that Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. In Jesus Christ, the rule of God would be experienced in a way that it had never been experienced before. This king that Matthew had understood, his rule had come in a way that it had never come before. With the coming of the kingdom, the gospel, the good news had come. With the coming of the kingdom, healing had come. With the coming of the kingdom, deliverance from demonic powers had come. With the coming of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit had come. And, and who is the agent of the kingdom? The church. That's amazing. You and I, we are the agents of the kingdom. And our, our high view of the church is strengthened as we have a high view of the kingdom. Jesus said the keys to his kingdom, his dominion, his kingly authority have been given to the church. Keys lock, keys unlock, they release, they restrict. There's no other people, no other group that has been given such privilege, that has been given such responsibility, that has been given such delegated authority as the church. We can be confident because the church has such a mighty role to play. We can be confident because we are agents of a kingdom that is increasing and will ultimately prevail against the prince of this world. Binding and loosing speaks of the authority Jesus gave to Peter that he gave to the early church. And he has given to us as agents of God's kingdom here on earth. When we loose God's kingdom on earth, Jesus will lose it in heaven. We can lose peace. We can lose righteousness. We can lose justice. And whatever is of the gates of hell that we bind on earth, Jesus will bind in heaven. What promises are these? And, you know, this is not only praying Loosing and binding prayers, as important as that is. I mean, Jesus said, we should pray, your kingdom come. So we pray, we are a people of prayer. But it's not only praying, it's also confidently but humbly being agents of the kingdom in every area of life that we find ourselves in. If you're in education, you are an agent of the kingdom in education. If you're in medicine my my dear brother Bonisi here you're an agent of the kingdom politics agents of the kingdom feels like that area is so hard to redeem hey we're agents of the kingdom there business agents of the kingdom sports science the media I mean, the media in South Africa is, wow, just coming back, freshly aware of the power of the media in South Africa. If you're in that space, agent of the kingdom. Poverty alleviation, agent of the kingdom. Whatever the case might be, we are agents of the kingdom. See, it's not, it's not just church. It's church and kingdom. It's, it's church and agent of kingdom. It's seek ye first the kingdom of God. And you as the church have the keys to unlock the kingdom. I want to draw to a close by uh, quoting from from Dave Devenish, from uh, his book What on Earth is the Church for? Uh, Dave says, The church exists to be the agent of the kingdom of God, the agent of God's rule on earth, and the means of taking the gospel of that kingdom to every people group. I believe the church is very much at the center of God's purposes. And it is my aim to present a high view of the church. Not as a static pastoral community, but as a vibrant, active body, totally committed to world mission. Dear brothers and sisters, we may have come into this room feeling beaten as those that lead the church, as under shepherds of Jesus. We may have come into this room feeling disillusioned about the church. Brothers and sisters, as we heard in the previous session, don't let emotion determine reality. The truth is this we can have great confidence in the church because Jesus is the foundation, Jesus is building, Jesus is committed to the church, Jesus has commissioned the church to be his agent. There's no plan B. We can have great confidence. In the church. Amen. Sheshi, I'd love it if you can just uh, kind of close the session just by praying for us. Obviously guys that are in difficult situations. It would be great just to pray for them. That just out of what you brought to us. God would minister to their hearts. Lord Jesus, we thank you that it doesn't depend on us. You are the chief cornerstone. Lord Jesus, you have made a promise. This is your church that you are building. So Lord, we thank you for every local church here. We thank you, God, that you are sovereign over it. We pray, God, that strength would come, faith would rise, confidence in you would rise for the days, months, years, decades ahead, if God wills, of us co-laboring with you in building your church. Lord, we pray that you would bring fresh grace, fresh strength, fresh vision, You would come, Lord, Emmanuel. You would be very near to every situation. Where there is disillusionment, God, your truth would break in. Where there is discouragement, Lord, your power would come. And Lord, that confidence would rise afresh to trust in the King of kings and the Lord of lords, whose kingdom is ever increasing, never ending, and who we will reign with in glory for all eternity in the age to come. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Commission us afresh for a fresh season of the church, advancing your purposes on the earth, displaying the glory of God. Strengthen us afresh, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.